It's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes so you get an alert. You never, ever, ever miss an episode of Dr. Stu's Podcast or listen right here on the website at drstuespodcast.com. We have made it to podcast number 78. Wow. I tell you, we are. I think we are defying the odds, my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbine. You, you tell me that all the time. You do you not believe me? I have no. I have no frame of reference. Oh, okay. Let's ask producer Randy. Do you think for for seventy eight podcasts, especially a category show, not just a you know pretty good podcast, Randy Wang Show, which Randy does a great new podcast called the Randy Wang Show. You should check it out. Be part of the Wang Gang. For, for a specialty show, which this is in, in a category about home birthing and medicine, and he's a doctor. 78 podcasts is significant. That's huge. I think it is, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, with my two professional buddies here, You've which made it always makes far. me happy on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, we all just sort of get together and just sort of shoot the breeze. But I'll tell you something. Something happened. Uh, we we uh, pull back the curtain sometimes and let you know how we do these. Sometimes these podcasts we'll do, typically we'll do two of them in one sitting. We'll sit today and we'll do two podcasts. Then we'll come back next week. We'll do two more. It's not like we come back every week to do an hour. Sometimes we do, but typically we don't. So after we met last time, I uh, go home, you know, great afternoon. And uh, Randy sends the files over. I find myself listening to the Dr. Stu podcast show. Did you know Brian's your number one fan? I'm your number one fan. Can I have an autograph before we leave? Yeah. You know, what's really funny too is that, that um, I, I rarely listen to the podcast and Brian goes home and he listens to the podcast, and then he critiques himself. I do. Yeah, he does, because he's a professional. And I listen. And I do a radio show for three hours every morning in Los Angeles. And I don't like the way I and sound. And I listen to every three hours of that radio show. Right, and you sound, I mean, to me, you sound great. Thank you. To me, when I hear myself on the podcast, I sound different to me myself. So I You're intimidated. Sound like Are you intimidated to hear yourself? Uh, no, I just, uh, I'm, I, right. I'm a humble guy. And yeah, I, and you know yeah. you've done it. I hear myself. You know it's good. I know what I, I, know what See, I think. I'm not <laughs> humble. No. I know I sound good, so I want to hear it. Yes. Yeah. You know Who's a fan of Brian Whitman? <laughs> no, Brian Whitman. Oh, big fan. Yeah, no, my favorite, my favorite talk radio host is uh, definitely Brian Whitman. I think he possesses skills that most hosts don't have. He's a great storyteller. Not he, afraid to be a liberal. Not afraid to be a liberal. He said that on the radio this morning, which I loved. He does voices. He's not afraid to change his mind. That Brian Whitman in the morning on the morning answer, I heard him change his mind on the Iran nuclear deal on the air. I heard him do it. The radio hosts don't do that. No, but this Brian Whitman guy, he's something else. Anyway, I'm Brian wait, Whitman. Wait, wait, whose podcast is this? Again? <laughs> this Dr. Stu's podcast. <laughs> the Randy Wayne, Brian Whitman podcast. But I'm Brian Whitman, as it turns out. Yeah. All right, so. And I'm the, your host. The day after we last got together. Together. Yes, I'm sitting the next afternoon. I bought. I, I must. I must remind the listeners that Brian does have an issue with uh, OCD, with a obsessive compulsive disorder, clinically diagnosed. And uh, you know, I think a lot of us have that. Uh, some of it makes us really good at what we do. Some of us have a little bit more. But this is not about that because this story is going would would affect everyone. And I think it's. I think you should tell it because I love when you tell these stories. Okay, I will tell it. I uh, I should tell you first off. Did I tell you about my new phone? I ordered uh, on eBay a red desk phone from like 1986. Those push button old, you know, like oh, bat so phone. So it's not a dial phone. No, it's like a bat phone. You a got red, a bat phone. A red one, and it sits on my desk, and I just have it there because it looks cool. And like if I do a media appearance, I'll use my red bat phone. I'm a two year old. I'm an eight year old. You know, I just have fun with this. So that phone rings. 
rather, yes, no, there's a, that phone rings uh, and a message is left. So I access the messages. So you, have a, you have a message machine attached to this phone because yeah. those phones didn't have message machines. What do you That's, have, a tape? No, I have a voicemail. It's the voicemail <laughs> oh, that comes voicemail. to from oh, okay. the uh, phone company. right? It's a little tape that goes, from hello, you reached Brian Whitman. I'm not at home right now. Right, I'm probably broadcasting to the other side of the globe. Please leave a message. Beep. Something like that. I get this message, female voice. I would leave the doctor's name out. I would leave her name out. I'll call her Susie. and They I'll, know who they are. And I'll call him Dr. Garrett. That just came to me because I'm thinking of uh, a friend I know named uh, Garrett. Garrett. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it was easy. Funny how that works. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> Hi, Brian. This is Susie from Dr. Garrett's office. Brian, you need to call our office. Uh, it's Tuesday afternoon or whatever it is, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, please call us. We have an urgent, very sensitive matter to discuss with you. Uh, that I don't want to talk about on the phone, please call our office uh, this afternoon as soon as possible. Thank you. So they actually said it's urgent. Sensitive. And they said sensitive. Yes. Yeah. I, That's the worst possible message you could get. Right, right. I, I, I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm 50, Yeah, and you recently overweight. had blood work drawn. A full panel. So you're expecting... I'm expecting to be dying soon. So yes. So I'm, I hear that and I go, oh, and there's nobody there. You know, I'm alone. I went, I'm dead. I looked at the dogs and I said... Girls, th I, th I think daddy's, I think this is it. Yeah. I, there, there it goes. I said, I think they pulled my number. I think down at, I think down at Dr. Garrett's office, they spun the big, uh, you know, the big wheel of California and the big California wheel and, and it stopped on my name. Well, it would. I that, think I'm going down. Yeah. That's sort of a better message than I've got good news and bad news. Yeah. And uh, you say, what's the good news? And he says, uh, you've got 24 hours to live. It's bad news. I should have told you yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what's good about me. You'd think I'd shrink like a violet and not pick up that phone, be scared no, to you, death. I think you'd call right away. because <laughs> If it was 10 o'clock at night, you're going to be paging somebody. I know you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I grab that red bat phone and I dial that office immediately. Susie answered the phone. That's the name we're giving her, not right? The, not the commissioner. Not no, Commissioner Gordon. No, no. Or Chief O'Hara. Susie answered. I said, Susie, it's Brian Whitman. Brian, I'm so glad you called. Susie, I don't know if I'm glad I called. I heard your message and uh, about, you know, the sensitive, urgent matter. Uh, I'm call uh, sh Should I come into the office for this? Uh, no, you don't need to come in. Uh, I do need to let you know uh, that there is a balance that your insurance company didn't pay of $230.95 that you owe to the office because insurance didn't pay this. <laughs> That's the urgent. So you don't know whether message. to be relieved or, or or aggravated beyond belief. I was furious. Yeah, I know. I said, "Excuse me, Susie." <laughs> I'm relieved, of course. Uh, I can loosen up and flex my muscles. I said, "Susie, if I played for you, which I'm tempted to do, keep you on the line and three-way call you so you can hear your message on my machine to hear what you said to me, sensitive, urgent." call this afternoon i just i'm a fat person i said you don't call a 42 year old fat guy who just did blood work and tell him you have sensitive material of an urgent nature and he's got to get in touch with you right away like this afternoon only for me to call to find out it's 230 dollars and 95 cents and then i said this susie i'm a professional myself so i'm not one to tell any other how to do his or her job but somebody needs to give you a little more training Bye-bye. Click. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that'll be my last visit to that office. I'll pay the two. Well, are you going to let the physician no, I, know? I, I, uh, you know, because you know what, doctors should be a great good... follow up. I, yeah. I, I, it never occurred to me to get Doctor Garrett on the phone to tell him. <laughs> should I? Um, I would. I would appreciate that as a practitioner. If when my staff is, you know, they have bad days, or there's a misunderstanding sometimes, and their their patients have told me before that so and so at the window is really rude or so-and-so on the phone was really short or left me on hold and forgot about me, I would rather have them come and tell me this. And they'll and give typically me an tell you in the privacy of the examination room, right? Is that Or, where or call me later oh, or, call or leave later. a message that says, uh, Dr. Fishbein, I have a uh, urgent and uh, sensitive, sensitive matter. matter I need to discuss with you right, right away. Right, So then I, then I can shit a brick. No, um, I would rather have we, them do We should that. all do that every once in a while. Even if they won't come back, at least I can get feedback from them and I can approach the employee and I can ask them their, their side because of sometimes, the story. Look, I mean, you care for people, but you're also in a customer service. Uh, there's a customer service feel to what you do. If somebody feels in a, in a doctor's office, male, female, urologist, OBGYN, cardiologist, pediatrician, whatever, if you feel as if the sin against you by the person who works there is so great, uh, I bet there are people who don't come back. That's a small number, oh, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, well, in my practice now, it would probably be a very small number because I'm, I have a smaller practice. It's very service-oriented. But I, I'm sure that when you have a very large practice and people are getting uh, things, uh, getting put on hold for a long period of time, getting uh, even in, improper messages. I mean, sometimes we get things misfiled and you get, you know, somebody's been waiting for their mammogram call and, and it never it doesn't come. Oof. And then you find out that it was back a week ago and there's something actually wrong with it and it got misfiled and things aren't supposed to be filed unless it's been signed by the doctor and somebody filed it. But yeah, on the other hand, you have to look at your employees and you say, you know, these are the, this is my family. I can't disown them. You know, I'm not going to fire somebody unless it's a pattern of behavior because there's always misunderstandings. So I would, if I were you, I would probably, and you, and you liked Dr. Garrett. I don't know. I like him. And by the way, I didn't dislike her. Right. So you, you I didn't. know who, in my mind's eye, I see her. She's not just some random office person who I don't and know. She she's probably the one had I no s- clue of what she was doing was, was upsetting. But she, how? I mean, Stuart, really, how? How old is Susie? How, uh, Can I ask this question? I'd say she's 35. Oh, so she's older. How do you call anyone let alone the fat guy who comes in to have his blood drawn you know my name you know my chart right you look you're familiar oh him okay maybe an indicating there's an indicator there that you know me or something how how do you call this guy back with that verbiage well Susie probably doesn't know who you are for one and Susie probably got her calling orders uh you think Dr. Garrett said call fat so and tell me how we have an urgent I think the office manager said we need to collect money so it's a, maybe they had a meeting that morning. There's an or urgent, whatever, right. and they said, "Here's a bunch of calls to make. Call these people, and we need to get them to send in their checks." Yeah, I mean, this look at doctors work on a very thin margin. People think doctors are all driving Mercedes and working at going to golfing at the country club. Every Most Wednesday. of them are, you know. You know, that. it's Wednesday afternoon. You and I aren't golfing right now. Right? I know because you like we're, to do a podcast, and I love to do. It we're with sitting you. in our sweat clothes in Randy's house. But we're not going right. to argue this again. That doctors lead pitiful lifestyles. You're not going to try to convince me of this one again. Well, are you? they. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I would separate. Wouldn't, I would separate the their income from lifestyle. I think some what's doctors, better, the lifestyle know, or the income. I think the income is better than the lifestyle for most doctors. I think the lifestyle for most doctors, especially in my profession, you know, generally sucks pretty bad unless you're in a shift sort of practice where you you know you're working on twelve hours and then you know you're off for a day and a half because you know I'm I've been sitting here now. I have a set of twins that is thirty nine weeks and five days today. 
we thought, you know, she thought she was going to go to labor two weeks ago. So she's sitting there every day uh, wondering what's going to go on. Forgive my ignorance. She's getting people. She's late by how long? She's not late, but she's late for twins. Okay. Her due date is two days from now. Okay. But she's sitting there and all her family and friends and everything knew that she's due to two days from now. And so they're calling her. Her phone's ringing. She's going nuts. So she's going through. And I'm sitting there every evening wondering, hmm, should I go to bed early tonight? Hmm. Should, should I, I have dinner should I, with a friend? Should I go out to the movies? Should I should I bring which car should I drive today? The one with all my stuff in it or the car that's more comfortable? You right. got to be ready to go. Yeah, so it you know, it that that's like the you know, you know for an OCD guy like yeah, myself, that's I know also yeah, a little bit I bet, stressful. I bet it is. I bet it is. But I would call the doctor as a courtesy because you like him. If you didn't if you didn't like the doctor, you know, screw him. But if you like the guy, I do like him. He's a mensch because he may make it up to you. He may say, "Listen, Brian, I'm really sorry, and we've had a talk with her, and you may find that it's easier to make up with him." You know how he can make it fi- up to me? He can change some of the numbers on that blood. Yeah, panel, or he don't, on that work. I would be willing work, to. Uh, I would be willing to bet you that he writes off the two hundred and thirty dollars and ninety five cents. He just I wouldn't wants be, a lower I wouldn't be blood surprised. I'd have to really present my. I'm not looking for that kind of money. I'm looking for one thirty over eighty on the blood pressure. <laughs> you know, no, I'd have to really present if myself. If it were as me, pissed, you would write were upset, it. Yeah, as I am, I would probably write it off. Yeah. See, well, yeah, you're that's that kind good of custo- guy. That's good customer service. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And, and by the way, it's probably easier to make up with him, or at least to discuss it with him, than it is to go out and find another physician who you like. And start yeah, all over again. Right. Right. Building a relationship with a physician is something that has value. We talked about this at our last podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Right. So, you know, again, if it's just easy, you know, if you just picked up his name out of a book and you've only seen him one time, it's no big deal. But if you've been seeing the guy for a while, Do you think, I would well, suggest loyalty. When we talk about uh, when we talk about choosing physicians, as we did in a recent podcast, uh, when when people have a baby, when a new baby comes and it's time to select a pediatrician, is that like buying a car? Do you go to eight or nine lots? You you know, you park your car <laughs> in eight or nine different lots and talk to eight or nine different uh, people. And I mean, really, can well, it, probably not eight or nine, but but that varies with each family. I mean, can it be that high? Is it, is it three or four usually? If it's your first baby. Baby, if it's your second or third baby, you already have a pediatrician, so right. you just stick with that. If guy. you're satisfied with him or her, him or her, right? Right. If you're satisfied, if, if you'll it's stick. your first baby, it, and you know, in, in the home birth world, we have pediatricians that tend to be more home birth friendly, homeopathic we, in nature, possibly. Yeah. You know, they may be more open on the vaccine question. They may be open, more open. I know that's a can of worms for you. I just came up open, on the radio this open, week. We got Brian's can of worms. Yeah, this. I got it for you. <laughs> right, but you no, know, I mean, or, or on the and they're very pro breastfeeding, and they, you know, are are sort of more liberal on some of their uh, restrictions or or requirements for Perhaps babies. Perhaps a bit earthier. Perhaps maybe they make home. Maybe they make house calls. That sort of thing. Okay. Um, they may they may interview one or two or three of them. Uh, some people, if they have Kaiser. Well, they're gonna get whoever Who they, get. they get, right? Yeah, right. And if and if some people have a Blue Cross and the and the, the best doctor around doesn't take Blue Cross, and it's an out expense, you want to expend for routine, uh, well baby checkups. And I can, you know, I, I I value my colleagues who don't take insurance like me. But you know, sometimes for routine well baby stuff, I can understand if you just want to go to the local group that takes Blue Cross. Can I ask you a question that I've never asked you before? I can't believe there is any exists in a question you've ever asked me before. You, We're in podcast seventy eight. I know. I, I don't think I've ever. You know asked How much you, time that is? I, it's seventy eight hours. It's more, well, it's almost, half. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, well it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's like forty. It's like forty, 40 some hours. hours. Right. No. I, because I listen, and uh, the, the great Rick Dees, one of the great broadcasters of all time, uh, who is like my mentor, who I worked with for fourteen years. He once said to me, "I've learned so much from him." He said, "Brian, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you speak." So I try to listen. When you're talking to me, I am listening to you. 
you and you will say things and I will hear it. And I just heard you say something and it triggered a question. Okay. So here it goes. You just referenced the best doctor around. So I have to ask you in an area like Los Angeles in a community like any community that might be hearing Dr. Stu's podcast, what are the criteria for the best doctor around? How do you get the title of the best doctor around. Do you yelp him? Uh, is, I mean, is it because your bedside manner? Is it because you don't make people wait in the waiting room? Or is it because you're smarter? You've got you. a scientific take on symptoms that just nobody else ever had? Yes. <laughs> really? Is that how you... <laughs> to get, all those. Though. Is no, that, I mean, really. Because there seems to be cons a consensus, un unanimity on who the best doctor around is. I wonder how he or she gets that well, title. Well, there's many ways to look at it, and there's many ways to define the best doctor, okay? Around. And and it's a great question. However, um, I wouldn't take, I mean, sometimes there's a magazine, I don't know if it's LA Magazine, it comes out with the top doctors in LA and top doctors in Minneapolis, the top doctors in New York. And they'll do top 10 or yeah, something. Yeah, top 50 or something like that, top internists, top whatever. I'm not exactly sure how they pick those. I think that it's basically the writers of the magazine nominate people. They know. And then they all, I think they vote. Because I don't know how else you can judge that. Um, I don't think it's because they call an office and see how long it takes to get an appointment. I don't think it's because they, they interview his or her patients. They uh, they can't. Right. It's, you know, it's a privacy question. How do you do that? Unless that's why I'm thinking that the people unless on the writing staff, staff is on is, they, is right. nominating their physicians that they like and, and voting down the. But ones even like even when you guys are in the break room at a hospital or in an office or in a home setting where there's a birth happening, if you're with another clinician, that oh he's the best. Like as I know in my business why people might regard a host as one of the best in the business. Like Brian Whitman? Oh, please. I know what that I know what that guy might do on the radio. I know how he might conduct himself with his colleagues off the air to get sort of that respect of one of the best around. In medicine, uh, it seems to me there's the book, there's the symptoms. I don't want to diminish it at all to a factory worker type thing, but it's only, you know, two or three things. Here's some antibiotics. Stuart, what? I love you. I'm not diminishing what you do, but... But if you go to a doctor with, with symptoms, nine out of 10 are probably going to diagnose the same thing. So how do you get to be the best doctor around? Are you the one out of 10? Well, I says, would tell you. Oh, that, no, that ain't chicken pox. No, Brian. You've I, got, you know. Uh, he's not a roll wing. You know, oh, yeah. you, you've got. Just let him go. Uh, you're you're going to be dead by Thursday. You know, how, how does it happen? Yeah, we have something urgent. Uh, right. To, call yeah. the office by uh, three o'clock yes. this afternoon. Yes. Right. But interesting. I mean, it's nice to have that title. But no, I think, I think it's generally the best way is word of mouth. And it's not always. What, what satisfies one family will be the same for another family. Seniority probably means a lot. Um, I think that there are people who get a reputation uh, because they are promoted somewhat by either self-promotion, billboards, advertising in magazines. Podcasts. Especially for media. They'll do media, media appearances. They'll do TV. <laughs> they'll do that or they'll do... Uh, that doesn't necessarily make them great. Yeah, either, Dr. Either, Oz is barely a real doctor. I wanted doctor. to talk to you about Dr. Oz. I don't know if you have feelings Let's about Let's get to him. that in a second. Yeah, but the other thing is that that you know there are people that operate on celebrities or whatever, or or the or the best orthopedic doctors work for the the Dodgers or the Kings or the Lakers. You know those guys, Curlin Job Clinic. You've all everybody's heard of them, right? Well, if you ask celebrity Ricky Lake who's the best doctor around, she'd say Doctor Stuart Fishbein. 
She loves you and well, she's she a celebrity. Loves me and, and she's a celebrity. For, for, so it happens for what like I that. do, right. for what I do, I'm pretty much the only doctor around. Yeah, so and that's I get, great. Yeah. I get the best and Then only. you are the best. Yes. <laughs> I knew you. I knew I'm we were a, doing I'm in this. first and last. The only game in town. He's you're the, not first or last. He's the best podcasting home delivering doctor around. Right. Now, here's the thing. Name Fishbine. Two things. <laughs> two things. Vaccinations. But before that, Dr. Oz. Um, so are we, we done with uh, how we got the best physician? Did we satisfy I, the listeners? I, I think? think it's a crapshoot. I think it's a crapshoot. I think you got to go, go that, by Yelp. Right? You really can't go by Yelp. People, Yelp, Yelp is like Twitter. I mean, you can you can buy tweets, you yeah. can Twitter buy reviews, buy, buy, and you can buy reviews, or you can go online and get all your friends to write good reviews, or you can go sabotage someone else's reviews by writing bad reviews. So. I don't trust Yelp for restaurants, and I certainly wouldn't trust it for physicians. I think you need to go to that doctor and decide for yourself, is this really the best doctor around? I yep. mean, yep, okay. Take and, him for and a test drive. And a lot of it's a personal <laughs> uh, connection. Some some people uh, are very much are very needy, yeah. and they need a doctor who spends much more time talking to them. That doctor may not be as good of an orthopedic surgeon, so they may not be the best doctor for them if they ha- need a knee surgery or a yeah. knee replacement, but... You may be that person may be better off with a doctor who's not the best knee replacement surgeon, but gives them much more of their time. Let's flip this around. Let's do vaccinations and then let's do Dr. Oz, because I want to end the podcast on a conversation about getting your medical advice from the media, this program included, and magazines or from friends, any medical advice that you get anywhere than when you're sitting in a doctor's office and he's got a lab coat on. And you got to be careful with that, too. Okay, so you'll, you'll when we get we, closer. Yeah, this is a topic we've discussed yeah. a lot about. How, how do you know? How do you, how do you know? Right. And then I've got an update for you guys at the end of this show. You want to save it for the next show? Something happened at the very. Well, we something happened during this show that relates to what you were talking about at the beginning of this. Well, show. Well, let's do it right now. Let's. Well, we, while okay, we, were, we got plenty of time. Yeah. While we were doing, while Brian was telling the story about he had a heart attack about the uh, phone call about the urgent message that was uh, too sensitive to talk about. I literally just got an email from Kaiser Permanente, my insurance provider, on your phone. Saying, you're holding it, saying you have a new health alert. Please log in. <laughs> health alert. Health alert. Right. Uh, so I log into oh, my new God. health alert, and you know what my new health alert is? What? Your body mass index is too high. You're too fat. <laughs> Technology. Uh, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I looked at myself in the mirror right. today. Yeah. I, I don't you, think I you needed, needed that. You needed a text to tell you that? You should call them and say, you know what? I would have gotten your message, but I ate my handheld last <laughs> night. I was so and, hungry. And how, much, and how much do you spend a month for, for someone to tell you that you're fat? $180 a month. Yeah. Well, that's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's one guy. He's not, he's not, he's not uh, insuring a family. Right. You know. and, and that doctor who told you you were fat? Has that's 12, 50, and that's twelve 50, years of twelve years of postgraduate education. And that's twenty five to, take a, to take a look at you. That's twenty five cents a pound. This is the doctor when I had a physical five <laughs> years ago. He said, uh, you know, you'd lose some weight if you stopped smoking that wacky tobacco. Yeah, well, that's uh, marijuana does put weight on people, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's what you eat. It's what you do on the marijuana. That's correct. Well, that's you, what I mean. You, you, marijuana itself has no calories. I don't think so. stopping cigarette smoking, cessation of cigarette smoking uh, causes weight gain. Because well, nicotine it's what is an appetite. Oh, here's another so. uh, another alert that I have that says <laughs> tobacco use. Quit smoking, which I never smoked in the first place. And it says current status. Good for you. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Well, this is, and this is like the robots, you know, the, down in the, in the valley. I forget the. Uh, you know, I like my alerts better, though. I have to tell you, though, my alerts are like uh, twins beat tigers five to three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my alert is donate $5 now to the Hillary Clinton for president campaign and win a chance to win her autograph in our lottery. Oh, those are my alerts.
Nobody, and then I get how, the how many Clinton autographs do you own? I have a couple, but you know, I want to meet the actual president, the husband. I don't need to meet her. I want to do it. I almost <laughs> did. Would it. you meet Bill and do Bill for? I Bill? almost did it for ten grand about ten years ago. I had the money, and I was going to take my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we were going to go over to Westwood. It was ten thousand dollars for two people, and there would be a party and a and a, a brief dinner with President Clinton, and there would be a photo and a meet and greet, and it was ten grand, and I have the ten grand, and then you know what? About a week before, I looked at my girlfriend i said you know what we can do with this ten thousand dollars i don't need to go shake this guy's hand i love him and respect him he's my president he was the sitting president yeah I believe so why it. does he oh, no no he was just did, out of office so but i so passed on it even, I even on less it. why would you, I, you I, can't said, buy, I said you, you know how many families we could help with this ten thousand dollars you know how many homeless people one I, yours mine you know how many homeless dinners i can buy right this which brings up again we're not going to get into this right now which brings up this whole clinton foundation thing is you know, why do people want to give so much money to a guy who's no longer in office? Because it's not going directly to him. It's going to a foundation well, yeah, that's sure. doing global work. Sure. Right. But you, $80 million you in travel. You can't believe that. $80 right? million dollars in travel right. expenses last year. Well, what about the money to Habitat, Habitat for Humanity, Jimmy Carter? You think that goes into his pocket? No, he can, no. He can, he can, show, he but, can ring but, the doorbells but, of the houses he's But Jimmy built. Carter is the uh, George Washington of our generation. Jimmy Carter he, is he, the he, greatest former president of, in United States history. Jimmy Carter is the greatest former president in United States history. Living? He has done more as an ex-president oh, than I see anyone what you're saying. else. I was wondering what you're talking about. Yeah, one of the greatest president of American history. Very ineffective. Well, I'm not a big fan of him because he's not a big fan of Israel, but we're not going in that okay. direction either. No, all right, so <laughs> let's do these vaccinations. We've been talking about the vaccinations this week. In the last seven days, a story came out that basically here's what it's going to do in L.A. And we emanate from Los Angeles, but it's happening all over the country with the vaccine, sending your, your kid to public school or even private school this uh committee vote in the state senate i believe here in sacramento in california is going to make it more difficult for people who don't want to give their newborns vaccinations based on moral beliefs or religious beliefs you know i'm going to say it some of the religious cuckoos who say i don't want to give the, that vaccine that vaccine, those side effects those side effects and then the rest of us are say wait hold on a second my kids in on the playground with yours my kids sitting in first grade with yours my kids on the field trip with yours my kids in the mall or the movie theater with yours i want your kid to have all his shots it's a public health problem this has been hail, Brian, hailed as a victory by those who want the kids to have the vaccines and p.s last thing i'll say the bill does allow for real honest to goodness medical waivers for vaccines not given let me ask a question because you you know i'm a good listener too i have two ears and one mouth you're right so I, I, you just said something that raised a question in my mind great all these families who are pro-vaccine are screaming, I don't want my kids hanging out with these kids who aren't vaccinated. But their kids are already vaccinated. So why do they care if their kid is hanging out with a kid that's not vaccinated? How can they catch measles from that kid when they've already been vaccinated? It's a fair question. <laughs> I th I th Silent. You know what? That was pretty good because he didn't answer you, right You dumbfounded Brian. Yeah, no, I'll tell you something. That if the trend continues... It takes a generation or two, 10, 20 years of people denying science, which is in vogue in politics. Republican Party uh, stand, well, science uh, be, is, stand and be accounted for. Science they love has to deny science. Science deserves its disrespect because science has been abused and it's allowed itself to be corrupted. Well, and science so can be proven wrong. There's, and it's been proven wrong a lot. So people question it. Legitimately, I'm not saying we should question vaccines. I'm just asking a specific question of why is this parent so okay. pissed off? Take rubella. 
Take rubella for one. Okay, German just, measles, okay, rubella. Okay, thank Same you for thing. identifying it. Yeah. German measles is people more commonly know rubella as German measles. Correct. How many years does a society like America have to ignore the rubella vaccine, wholesale ignore it, for rubella to be back bigger, ballsier, and more muscular than ever? I have no idea. Isn't it 10 to 20 years? I have no idea. Could it be that soon? You're talking about on the radio. You probably know this. I have the feeling. I have reason to believe in my reading. It can be maybe 10 to 20 years. And then you got a society running around. Everybody's got rubella. Okay, listen. Well, not everybody's going to have rubella. Or polio. Why would we do that to ourselves? Science has... Think of your parents, folks. Think of your children. God bless you if you've had an injured child. Think of your spouse that's had... Think of yourself if you've had a serious health concern. How science has saved either your life or the life of a loved one. Why we would be so callous, so dare I say egotistical, to turn our ear, our eyes, our hearts and minds to science that has saved millions of lives to think we as humans know better? Shame on us. Well, you're a little bit dramatic there, Brian, but I love it when you do that, all right? But here's my take on this whole thing. I'm pro-vaccine, all right? I'm not, uh, but I'm also pro-liberty. All right. And I understand the argument that we don't want to have epidemics going on in our society, especially at Disneyland. However, here's the problem with the whole reactionary, excuse me for saying this, left wing liberal nanny state government. Okay, that we have in Sacramento and many big cities have and we have in the White House right now is that. If we're going to talk about science, let's talk about this measles outbreak, all right? From what I understand, there were 28 cases of measles right. in a state of 40 million people. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm just saying many coming from the Disneyland area and that's scare, right. right? In a state of 40 million people. Right, it's a very small number. So do the numbers. Yeah. It's less than one in a million. The percentage <laughs> okay. is, is, myop- is um, there was, minuscule. There were, how many deaths were there? Zero. Zero deaths. There were more news stories than there were cases. How many? And then you look at the, now you look at the 20, yeah, of course there were. And you look at the 28 people that got measles and you have to look at them individually and you say, wait a minute, how many of those people had been vaccinated already? And I don't know the answer to that. What I'm saying is, is that you can't just look at this and why are we reacting to something that there was a less than a one in a million chance when that when we're ignoring when we want to we want to legalize marijuana in this state. OK, about time. Right. Marijuana doesn't kill anybody. German, oh, me- German you, measles oh, does. You know what? I will bet you that there will be more deaths from marijuana related accidents and driving in the than car there, than there will be okay, than there will fine. be from the measles, which was zero. Zero. Okay. Yet we got Sacramento going crazy because so, there's so never, me, like, as Ram Emanuel always says, never let a good crisis go to waste. I'll read and the, he wants to, and look at people in Sacramento want to control your life. It's in the hereditary genes of left wingers. So if this you're is. You're not a left if, winger, you're a liberal, if, and I get that. If but this is the conservative argument, I'm reading between, between the lines. It's not a conservative if argument. The, I'm just well, asking I'm a question. You. Yeah, I know you are. And you're you asking, didn't answer it. And you're, and you're being provocative. You didn't answer it. Uh, get over my knee. You're being provocative. You, I have to say <laughs> this. You, your defense right there was. Well, if people are going to have legalized marijuana and have auto accidents, then we don't need MMR rubella vaccinations that we're walking on the edge in this society. Well, anyway. I'm talking We've about made it so much more dangerous to live in 2015. No, anyway. you're, not, you're missing the ah, point. To hell with that. You sound like you're, you sound like you're talking to Ben Shapiro here. You're not talking to Ben Shapiro. You're talking to me. OK, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's really interesting. The 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 politics of why we pick in this topic at this time, because here's why, my friend. 
seriously, because we have a lot, especially in Southern California. I work with one of them, my dear friend, Alicia Krause, who's yes. been on our program, who I think is a hipster. And I've told her this. She wants to be a hipster. She's a hipster from Oklahoma. And that's I, a, that's a yeah, contradiction. I, in I term, think a but. lot of SoCal hipster parents want to be hipsters because that's what you do. When you live in Los Feliz, you suddenly become a hipster. And how do you prove it right away to your friends? You stagger your baby's vaccines, vaccinations, or you don't give them at all. And you doubt science. And suddenly you're in with the coffee crowd on Saturday afternoon at the outside cafe. And you're a hipster because you're saying no to the vaccines too. Oh, so are we. Oh, wow. Let's go to the get. It is interesting. I was going to have a home birth too, but I wanted my child to live, my kids to live. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you can you can just take this stuff to the nth degree. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm just wondering one, why this crisis now? I tell you, can I answer that? And, and then two, um, uh, again, well, that's that's the big question because again, if we're talking people- about less. Th- Less than one in a million. If enough people say no to vaccinations, do we, doctor, serious question, most serious question I've asked since this podcast began how many minutes ago? 33 minutes (laughs) ago. 33 minutes ago. Okay, it's my way of finding out where we are on time. (laughs) If enough people, Americans, say no to vaccinating their newborns, okay? Yes. uh, Have we ushered in an era of public health security and a public health scare. Well, I don't know because I'll tell you, Brian, that that when I was a kid, everybody got measles, mumps, rubella. We got it. All right, didn't have vaccines for that when I was growing up. I had the chicken pox. Now, my brother granted, got it there, first there were some people that got deaf from mumps, and there were some people <laughs> that got really sick. And vaccines are a really good thing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying two things. Why is the woman whose family is vaccinated all upset about the family that isn't? because it's not going to affect her kids because her kids are vaccinated. And then why are we going crazy and overboard? And we're, we're, over, we're overreacting by passing legislation that's going to probably go to court for the next five years because it probably is unconstitutional to pre- prevent an, uh, a person from having a public education. It's going to be tied up in the courts. You know, can the government compel you to put a needle in your baby's arm for a vaccination? In it's order, a, in order, there are freedom there, issues. It's a freedom issue because they're coercing you that you, well, you can't have a public education even though you pay taxes if your kid won't have something that we demand that it has. I'll say That's it differently. That's a big issue. You, I agree with you. You can't have a public education unless you've proven to the public that you are baseline a toxic so you're not going to come into kindergarten and start spreading century old diseases that we all thought were gone that's a very real well, issue for the parents nobody the, thought, here, let me say it go it, ahead the selfishness 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 the selfishness. Selfish, <laughs> no the selfishness of the parents who choose not to vaccinate does not trump the security of the parents who do to go to bed at night knowing their kid ain't going to get sick in the first grade. But their kid ain't going to get sick in the first grade because their kid has been vaccinated. All right. Dr. Stu has the last <laughs> word here. Now, so, let's let's hit this Dr. Oz thing before we get yeah, out of yeah, here because okay. it's important. Uh, Dr. Oz has been by the way, the I, By the way, just before you go there, if anybody has an answer to my question, ask Dr. Dr. Stu at gmail.com. This guy reads every single email he gets. You talk about me OCD. He's got OCD. He answers all emails. Ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. Please email him. Ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and you love it on Dr. Stu's podcast, 
Facebook.com, link it on your Facebook page, tweet it out, better yet, on iTunes, give them a review, five stars, write a nice review, and uh, that's how this podcast has traveled from right here in Los Angeles to people we knew to all over the globe where we get emails, Randy. Do you know you can uh, review podcasts on Yelp now? (laughs) <laughs> you can yeah. right yeah yeah can you, can you really yes oh, are you kidding are you kidding well i'm i'm a five-star podcast i'm sure you are and i'm oh, sure we are too i we, deliver really good pizza apparently yeah you do you're the man so let's talk dr oz he's come under some criticism i like dr oz he's on it's either two o'clock i think it's three o'clock and of course he was brought to prominence by the queen oprah winfrey dr oz would come out and he would diagnose and he would give us all these weight loss tips or ways to be healthier and to do it faster and more efficient and to do it with devotion and determination. But there seems to be, I think it was the New York Times. I stand to be corrected if I'm wrong. I think there was the New York Times that did a story about uh, about his prognosis, about his symptoms. And they call into question some of the medical facts that he presents on his daily Monday through Friday talk television program that just don't cut, mu- cut the mustard. They're just not true. As a doctor, Dr. Stu, do you often find occasion to watch Dr. Oz's television program? <laughs> no. You don't? No. Why not? Uh, I'm never watching television at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Because you don't have time. Right. And I'm certainly not going to come home at night and, and, and DVR it so that I can watch it. There's a very specific audience that watches yeah. that, that what? are susceptible to the products he's selling. I have no idea. You know, I honestly don't what do you, know that what the controversy is mm-hmm. about. I know that there were sort of 10, 10 doctors from his alma mater. Colum- was it Columbia? Who or? jumped on him. Was it Columbia? Yeah. Columbia. That jumped, that jumped all over him. But I actually don't know what specifically, what issue that they really got on his let me ask platform, you a more gen- you know? Let me ask you a more general question. Do you have a moral issue with doctors who went through the training that you went through spreading their wisdom or maybe lack thereof in venues like television shows and radio no. shows? No, I don't. I think, the, I think it's a uh, caveat emptor. What does that mean? Buyer beware. Well, if you're getting your doctoral advice from a TV show, correct, you get what you pay for. Correct. Well, look, how many are uninsured? I mean, you know, how many flip on Dr. Oz for a quick diagnosis? A lot because they don't because they don't have a doctor because they don't have medical insurance. It's real in America. Well, well, no one, use WebMD I thought, as a I thought no one has no one is without medical insurance now. There's right? still a few who don't have insurance. Obama, Why would that be? Me and Obama are working on them. <laughs> okay. Okay, but uh, but interesting. I mean, really, you got a set of <laughs> yeah. you got a set of gonads. If and and. A team of liability attorneys and uh, and a and well a, everything an everything army. has a disclaimer on it. I'm right. sure that his show has a disclaimer yeah. on it. I'm sure any internet advice uh, columnist has a or a newspaper columnist has a disclaimer on it. I would like to know if you if you know off the top of your head what the big beef was. The you beef know is that the raspberry stuff that no that he's he's promoting all these products that oh, he's being endorsed for and it's blanket endorsements for things that he doesn't know how they're going to affect the public. But he also he, says a lot of people are adding his name, Doctor Oz, to products that he is not endorsing. So he says to viewers, beware when you're out there in the marketplace to uh, don't be so sure that Doctor Oz has supported that product. I'm so, not a big fan. I, I, again. In, in my profession, um, I'm not allowed in California to like own a, a mammogram place where I can refer my own patients. It's to a that. conflict of interest. It's a conflict of interest. It would bother me that if he is uh, somehow profiting from these products that he is then promoting them online, that to me is a conflict of interest. And I, that as an ethical thing, I think is, is maybe, is, was that the issue? Was it ethics? Because Absolutely. It, I think it is an ethical violation to be promoting something that you're profiting from. If you're uh, as as promote- a physician, I don't care if you're, you know, a, a professional athlete and you're promoting some uh, 
some copper underwear. If you're Bruce Jenner and you're promoting Wheaties, there's nothing wrong. Well, I don't with think that. he. I don't think he, they Bruce, pay. Bruce, they pay him. No. They pay him as a spokesperson. Right. He guys, doesn't own General guys, Mills. It's her now. It's her. Oh, sorry. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, she, no she, she identifies as a woman. She. You should be calling okay, her a woman. Fine, but but she's not. She doesn't own General Mills. She's not, she's no, not. There's she, no conflict of interest. Right. There. She's being paid as a spokesperson. If Doctor Oz is being paid as a spokesperson, I don't have a problem with that. But if he's like profiting a lot from this. Bruce is not yet fully transgender. Oh, now we're back to And when he Jan- is tra- I see what you did there. Yeah, I see what you did. Yeah, okay, we'll report it. But here but but with the advances of communications and radio and podcasts and all of this and television, uh doesn't it seem almost wonderful that doctors could use this technology and these advancements just as pastors and spiritual leaders like Joel Osteen have used the television to service the flock on Sunday and on weekends? Why can't doctors do the same thing to spread information? I don't have a problem with whatever net with the Oprah Winfrey Network paying him a salary to do that. But again, promoting a product, and again, most of these products that are supplemental products don't don't go through testing, like things that go through the Food and Drug Administration. Right, they're not required to. No, they're all these so supplements. Th- yeah, and- so supplements don't require any proof that they really work. Um, so. People again. It's I get back to caveat emptor, which is Latin for buyer beware, and you need to be smart about stuff like that. And whether it's advice that we're giving you here on Doctor Stu's podcast, or whether it's advice you're getting in your own doctor's office, or whether it's advice you're getting from a doctor on TV, or your mother-in-law, or your mother-in-law. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right. yeah. Perfect example. You know, you have to you have to baby somehow have a, you have to somehow have a filter to to do the best that you can with the information and then make the best judgments you can. That's all you can do. It's the world we live in. Uh, life was simpler in 1950 when Marcus Welby told us what to do. But people we died don't sooner, that. too. But, but think people of, died sooner. But think of this, Brian. Say you're going to a doctor and you, you know, you've got depression. Yeah, and, and uh, I do. And this doctor says, you know what? You should take Wellbutrin. And you see uh, that he's got a Wellbutrin pen and he's got a Wellbutrin uh, I've been to doctors where everything in the freaking office had a, had a pharmaceutical but logo it, it would it. be your due diligence to ask uh, how much is Wellbutrin paying you to tell me to use Wellbutrin. Yeah, well, you're right. You're they're, right. They're, right now, I can uh, t- honestly tell you randy that wellbutrin's paying him nothing they're not allowed to actually give him anything but a cheap chicken uh, uh like a chicken sandwich then why is dr oz allowed to profit from the stuff he's promoting i mean i know it's supplements not medication because it's, because but... it's not probably through the pharmaceutical uh it's not a pharmaceutical company and, yeah. and again the people that promote pharmaceuticals on tv are generally you know uh you know I, I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV. This is a great conversation. We will continue to follow, of course, Dr. Oz and all of the allegations against him. And, of course, his uh, responses as well. We'll talk more about vaccines and whether or not new moms and dads should be able to send their kids off to schools, both public and private, if they haven't been vaccinated for moral or religious exemptions. I'm Brian Whitman with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. Podcast number 78. Just come right back here to Dr. Stu's podcast.com subscribe on itunes you'll never miss a podcast you'll get an alert you can write a review if you have an email ask dr stew it's real simple ask dr stew <laughs> at gmail.com and he will answer you all right right and never leave a message for anybody that you love that says this is urgent call me back <laughs> especially if they're fat and 42 and a guy and ocd and hasn't seen the inside of a gym for quarter of a century Aside from that, you're cool. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. I'm Brian Whitman for Dr. Stu on Dr. Stu's podcast. Dr. Stu.